number 23 and we're going to read from the new king james version which is a preferred choice in the house this morning psalms number 23 it's a very familiar scripture or psalms in the book of the lord and so we're going to run through it together i'll need you to be very attentive and i also need you to read together following my lead this morning psalms number 23 church let us read together and this is the word of the lord the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters verse 3 he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Can you give us a louder amen? Now this sermon this morning is going to be very, very easy. Because the last three services or two, three services have been in church where we had the anointing service. That had made today's sermon very easy. So I'm going to take off from a very easy platform. Because we all have eyes that see. If that's your witness, if you're a witness, say amen. amen. And because we all have ears that hear. Do I have a testimony? And we also have the same heart that is receptive. Is that your testimony? And so the last two Sundays, we have come to realize that if God doesn't anoint our eyes, we cannot see where the shepherd is leading us. Is that right? And if God does not anoint our ears, we cannot hear what the shepherd is saying. And if God doesn't give us a new heart, we can't be receptive to where he is leading us. And so because we have eyes that see, ears that hear, and a new heart, we're going to look at what it means to be led by the shepherd from the shepherd's point of view. And this morning, by the message of the Lord, I bring you the word of the Lord that is titled, My Shepherd and My Everything. Praise the name of the Lord. In one minute, you just close your eyes and commit the word of the Lord. Just ask that your hearts be receptive to what the Lord has to say this morning. Ask that the Lord circumcise your heart, that he lift away every burden that can hinder you from hearing his word. And so shall it be in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, you may be seated. God bless you. My shepherd, my everything... This morning we're going to look at Psalms number 23. It's the psalm that was written by King David himself. And it's important to note that not all psalms were written by King David as some people think. So the book of Psalms was just a collection of hymns, a collection of poets, a collection of songs that was written in, the, in, in honor of God. Some of them were written by unknown authors. Some were written by musicians 
and especially a psalm like psalm number 90 that was written by the man Moses himself so Moses wrote the book of psalm number 90 and some Bible scholars think also want to make believe that he may have written Psalm 91 because nobody really knows who wrote Psalm 91. If you look at Psalm 90 to 91, they're all talking about the glory of the presence of the Lord. So, but this morning we're looking at the Psalm that was written by King David himself, and it is a very popular Psalm, which is Psalm number 23, the Lord being my shepherd. But if you read these Psalms over and over, you possibly not really appreciate what it really means if we do not look at it from the eyes of a shepherd. So the Bible talks, King David talks about how the Lord makes him to lie down in green pastures. If you don't understand what it means to lie down in green pastures from the shepherd's point of view, you may miss it. So if a chef is talking or if a chef wants to write a psalm, He's not going to talk about a shepherd. He's not going to talk about sheep. He's going to talk about what relates to him in his everyday business. And that's why one chef once said that God, the Trinity, is like an egg. Why? Because he was seeing it from the eyes of a what? Of a chef. And so he said the Trinity is like an egg. The outer part represents God the Father. The white part, what do we call it again? So he said that represents what? God the Son. And he said the yoke represents what? God the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he was talking from his own perspective. Now you can easily relate to that because we all cook with eggs at some point, right? So if they say an egg represents the Trinity, so it really makes sense. And so this morning we're looking at the Lord's prayer, the Lord's shepherd from the eyes of the shepherd. If we can see what David saw, Maybe we appreciate every line of that scripture very well. And so we're going to start from one verse up to the last verse. All we're going to do, look at verse 1 up to verse 6. Amen. And so I'm going to engage you a little bit because I'll need you to read along so that I get a little bit more of response from you. So we start from verse 1. And the very first verse was just an open statement. It said, Jehovah Rohi, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I need us to read verse 1 together. Let's read together. The Lord is my shepherd. So King David said, the Lord is my shepherd. This is Jehovah Rohi. And many scholars believe that he wrote this psalm, not whilst he was a shepherd, but whilst he had become a king. So he has seen all that life had to offer. And so he took pen and paper and he began to write how God relates with man from how he also had related with a sheep being a shepherd. So if we can see a little deeper how a shepherd and a sheep relate, then it's going to help us. And so he uses the word, the Lord is my shepherd, which means Jehovah Rohi, which means he had an experience with God. And usually when the word Jehovah is used, he's used when we are talking about experiencing God in a very situation where you need him. So the very first time it was used was when Abraham was about to sacrifice his son. And so the only thing he needed at that point is for God to provide another sacrificial lamb. Do you remember the story? So if God had given Abraham more wealth at that point, would it have made any sense? 
No, but because what he needed was a sacrificial lamb. If you are ill or you are going through sicknesses or whatsoever, will it make sense if God comes and gives you more wealth? It wouldn't. So at that point, you need to experience God as Jehovah that heals. And so David needed to experience God. And so that's why he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why did he make that statement? Because he saw that in God's leading, it's not about taking you from one point to the other. Because he saw in the life of a shepherd, it's not about taking the sheep from one point to the other. It's about providing every need along the way. And that's why when God was speaking to Moses, he said in Exodus 6 verse 3, he said, For I appeared to your father Abraham, I appeared to your father Isaac, I appeared to your father Jacob as the Lord Almighty. He said, but I'm going to lead you by my own hands. And by the time I'm leading you, you are going to experience me as Jehovah. Which means you are going to experience me the very way you need me. All you need to let me do is to lead you. If I lead you, you experience me in health. If I lead you, you experience me in your finances. If I lead you, you experience me in everything. And so this morning, will you have an experience in the name of Jesus? And so quickly, we're going to look at verse 2 to verse 6, and we're going to look at it in the eyes of the shepherd. So we're going to read one verse, we'll see the way David saw it, and we'll have a good explanation as the Holy Spirit leads us. Amen. So the very first verse that started is the second verse, pardon me, was talking about provision. I need you to say with me, provision. Now let's read verse 2. What does it say? He makes me to lie down in what and does what leads me beside still waters now i'm going to explain this very carefully i'm going to show you what david was seeing when he wrote this verse usually the sheep are categorized as one of the scariest animals on earth anything can scare them if you have a flock of sheep and a trailer passes they will likely run away they are not like cattle. You've seen cattle on Ibadan Expressway, right? They are grazing and you have trailers passing. What do they do? They keep eating. Sheep cannot. Any sound that is not comfortable scares them. They run away and they run helter-skelter. If you have a river flowing, a high-current river, let me ask a question. If they give you 10 sheep, a flock of sheep that contains 10 sheep, and you have a bank of river flowing water very big mighty river flowing very high and then that it's time to feed the sheep or to lead them to the waters and on the other side you have a small pond that is still but it's not enough to take 10 sheep at the same time which of these will you go to which one naturally should you let them drink from which of them the one that is bigger, right? So if I have a large stream flowing, why do I need to take them to a small pond? But if you look at it that way, it means we're not seeing it from the shepherd's point of view. Sheep cannot feed or drink water from a high current flowing river. They are always very scared. They will not lap water from it. They will rather leave it and go to a small water that is still because that in itself is their nature. They will not drink from a high flowing current water because that is not their nature. 
So when David was writing this psalm, he knew by experience that you cannot take the sheep to a high flowing river. Even if it looks like it's the best blessing ever, he will not. Rather, he would take them to the small still water because that is where they are comfortable in. So if you have a, if you have, if you have, um, if you have a land that is full of grass and then close to it, there are noises and highways and all the rest. Ships won't go there. They'll rather take in another route to find a pasture that is quiet and calm. And that is why when David was writing this psalm, he says, God knows me so well that he will not feed me in the waters that is running so high that I will not experience peace drinking in it. And secondly, because of the nature and the texture of sheep, their wool can easily soak water. If a sheep falls into a, a flowing river, he cannot stand up because the wool becomes so heavy, he can't save himself. Goats can swim, can leave the water because their falls are not so what, so big. And so ships will rather not drink that kind of water. They will rather prefer a still water. So that is why when David was writing, he says, this God that I know, I have experienced, I've known him. There are sometimes I feel like he should bless me with the river tide of blessing. But because he knows me deep within, he says he will make me lie down in green pastures. And he will lead me beside what? Still waters, not high flowing current rivers. Because there is a blessing that maketh rich and do what? Addeth no sorrow. Praise the name of the Lord. And so... That is why David saw that and in relation to how God treats man. And if you take sheep to a place where they, they have a good pasture, they usually don't stand eating. Like a cow, a cow can stand eating. When a sheep gets to a point where he's so comfortable, he knows the shepherd have led him to the right place, they don't stand eating. That is why they now sit down and lie down and begin to eat. That was why David was saying, he makes me to lie down in what? Green pastures. Because that is the kind of blessing I want. That is the kind of blessing I need. What is the essence if God gives you a big blessing that's going to drain you, instead of him giving you the blessing that is ideal for you. And so in the place of leading and provision, God will give us exactly what we need. Celebrate God for his word. So now, if we don't see it in the eyes of the shepherd, we'll just be reading Psalm 23. But thank God we all have eyes that see. Amen. Do I have a testimony? We all have ears that hear. And we all have hearts that are receptive. And so, this is in what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Let me be the lead. In the place of leading, I know you will have needs. But I am God that will provide. If God is leading, then it means he has the vision. I really don't even know where I'm going to. Only him knows. And so when God gives us a vision and leading us, he becomes obliged to also make provision for that journey. And so, and that shall be your testimony in the name of Jesus. I said that shall be your testimony in Jesus' name. Verse 2, we're going to look at verse 3, pardon me. We're going to look at the third verse. And the third verse talks about restoration. Turn to somebody and say, the Lord will restore you. If the person didn't say amen, turn to somebody else and say, the Lord will restore you. Now let's read verse 3 together. Are we ready? Let's read together. What does he say? He says, he renews my strength, then 
He guides me along right path, bringing what? Now we're reading from the New Living Translation because this gives us a deeper meaning of what the shepherd does. He says, he renews my strength. I'd like you to, re- to underline the word renew. And he says, he guides me in the path, in the right path, bringing honor to what? To his name. Now let me explain that in the shepherd's point of view. Now this is how it usually works. How many of us remember when Jesus said in the parable, when he says that the parables of the lost sheep, how many of us remember that parable? Now how many sheep were in that parable? How many sheep? Hundred. How many was missing? What did the shepherd did? He left the 99 and did what? Now, do you know why the shepherd has to do that? Every good shepherd will do that. Every good shepherd will do that. And I'll explain why. Now, it was not a good thing for any shepherd. If you're a shepherd, this is one of the CVs that will not be written against your name. That you led out a hundred sheep and you came back with 99. No shepherd will allow that to be written against his name. It dents the name of the shepherd. Whether you are hiring or you own the ship, if you go out with 100, you're expected to come back with how many? 100. Along the path, you're going to meet the bear. Along the path, you're going to meet the lion. Whatever it takes for you to bring back the 100, as a shepherd, you must. It's like having, it's like having a pilot. And a pilot flies 100 hours flight time. And they say he has 100 hours flight time on his belt without any incident. Whose honor and whose name does that bring honor to? The pilot's name. And so for every shepherd that leads a flock, you are expected to come back with the exact number to honor your own name. So if the shepherd is leading a sheep, and this seems to be the shortcut... And he knows that if he takes this shortcut by night, he's going to meet foxes and bears and lions that would likely take the life of his sheep. He would rather take the sheep across a longer path that is safe and is protective. So God is saying, so David was saying, I have watched the way God relates with man. Sometimes he's taking me through the longer journey. He has a name to protect because he's the shepherd. He will have given you the blessing three years ago. But he knows that that blessing may sink me. And so he takes me along the longer path. But he knows that he's actually going to take me to the destination that he deserves, that I deserve. And so that is why we always say that there is a blessing that make it rich and added no sorrow. And so David writing this said, I have seen and I have observed. That though the blessing don't come all the time, doesn't mean God is not ready to bless me. I have seen and have observed that people may have gone ahead of me, but the shepherd knows the right path. I have seen and observed, if I make Jehovah Rohi my God, he will lead me to the expected end. The journey may be long, the journey may be further, but this is what he assures. That when you get there and you are tired, he will restore that soul. He will renew that strength. He will give you a new energy because that is what he does and that's why Proverbs 4 11 says for I have taught you in the ways of wisdom and I have led you by what path what kind of way in the right path and so God is saying just let me be Jehovah Rohi let me lead you all you need to do if I say come you have ears are here follow me 
Once you follow me, then you will know that the journey may be longer, but I'm preserving you for something good. And that is why sometimes we don't understand the ways of God doesn't mean it's not the right way. And that is why a quote once says, just because God's path isn't usually understood doesn't mean it's not the right path. Just because you don't understand why you are going a little longer doesn't mean it's not the right path. If Jehovah will lead you to that path, it may be longer, but there is an assurance he will restore your soul in the name of Jesus. If that's your testimony, say amen. amen. Verse 4, quickly, we have two more verses or three more verses to go. Verse 4 talks about protection. Verse 4 talks about protection. I need you to say with me, protection. Now let's read it and then look at it from the shepherd's point of view. Let's read verse 4. What does it say? Now, in the place of leading, did God promise you a smooth journey? Did, is that what he promised us? No, he didn't promise us. But this is what he promised, this assurance. That if you walk through the valley of the shadow of what? Of death. Some of us are going through our valley experience. There is an assurance of protection. He said, if I'll be Jehovah Rohi, if I'll lead you, I'll protect you along the way. The fact that I'm leading you doesn't mean you won't fall into trouble. The fact that I'm leading you doesn't mean the bear will not come attacking. The fact that I'm leading you doesn't mean the lion will not come at you. But if it is Jehovah that is leading, he says, I will surely be with you. Now let's look at it from the shepherd's point of view. Then you understand it better. Now how many of us have seen this picture back then? The staff of Moses. You see something like this. How many of you have seen it? Usually, those staff always have curved ends. Have you ever noticed it? I've usually noticed it, and I've always asked myself, why is that end curved? That end is usually curved. Whether Moses is holding it, whether Jesus is holding it, whoever is holding it, they always have the curved end. By the way, this one is too curved. It's usually not this curved. Praise the Lord. And so, the shepherd will always go with these two instruments, or these two tools. The very first one is called the rod. And the second one is called the what? The staff. The Bible says, David, when he was writing, it says, if I get into trouble, this is what I have seen God do, the way I do to my sheep. The rod and the staff does what? Comfort me. You need to know the difference between the two, then you understand what he was saying. If you remember when David went to meet Saul and he was dishing out his CV as a shepherd, he says, I kept my father's sheep. And during that point, a bear came, a lion came, and they took one of the lamb. I went after it, I clubbed it, and I collected back the lamb. Which of these two tools do you think he used in fighting? The staff or the rod? He used the rod. He couldn't have done it with his bare hands because he was not Samson. So because he had the experience of a shepherd, he could have used only the rod. The rod was a shepherd's tool to fighting animals. And so David was watching and said, I have seen the way God deals with us. He fights unseen battles whilst we least expect it. By the way, did I say fight unseen battles? No, God doesn't fight unseen battles because every battle he fights, he wins. So what God is busy winning unseen battles that we do not know of. 
And so you look at the second instrument, which is the staff. The staff is usually not used for the protection against anybody, but the protection against the sheep themselves. Sometimes the sheep do stray away. I get upset with God sometimes and I stray away from his presence. You do as well. Sometimes we get upset by one thing or the other and we stray away. The shepherd will always use the staff. Because the end is curved, he used the end to pull the sheep. And so he pulls them back to safety. Doesn't it surprise you that you've gone so much sometimes so far away from God but somehow you still find yourself back in his presence you weren't, you weren't in church at some point you were angry with God but sometimes it does surprise you that some way somehow you still find yourself back in his presence it's because God is using the staff to draw us back into the sheepfold that is why when the hundred sheep is being led by Jesus if you get missing he comes after you looking for you and when he sees you he draws you back into the show into the into the sheepfold using the staff and so david was writing and he said there are times i go through the waters isaiah 43 verse 2 there are times i go through the fires but this is what he's assuring if jehovah rohi is the one leading us he's saying you may pass through the waters and you it will not consume you you may pass through the rivers, but you will not be overflown by it. And the Bible says that if you go through the fires, it shall not burn you. Because in the season Jehovah Rohi is leading, he's committed to protecting us. Our children, our business, our families, and our lives. And that shall be your portion in Jesus' name. Turn to two people and tell them the Lord is protecting you all the way. The Lord is protecting you all the way. The next verse, what verse are we? Help me. Verse 5. Let's look at verse 5. Verse 5 talks about compensation. Turn to somebody and say, the Lord will compensate you. Say to somebody else, the Lord will compensate you. Now let's read together verse 5. Let's quickly read verse 5. What does it say? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Let's take it one more time. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over. Amen. I say amen. amen. Now this is going to be a little bit interesting. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with what? With oil. This is the view from the shepherd's point. At a particular time in every season, a flock of sheep will experience a bacterial or a fungi infection at some point. It's like saying we are in the season of Hamatan or rainy season and a lot of us are having flu. Is that true, right? So you have some people having Qatar and all the rest and we say we are what? We are in the season. So that happens. So when a shepherd leads the sheep, he knows that that season will come where some few sheep will begin to have those bacteria infection because of the season. And when that infection or bacteria comes, he comes and stays on their ear or in their nostrils. It becomes so discomforting that the sheep cannot do anything. 
And some of us are going through our seasons where we are having a little bit of discomfort here and there because of what we are going through. And so what the sheep will always do, in order to knock off the bacterial infection in their ear, he flaps his ear. That is easy. But the one that affects his nostrils, he does not have fingers like us to plug it out. And so if you go to a sheepfold where you have sheep, you are going to notice within that season, you're going to notice some few sheep hitting their head on the other sheep. What are they doing? They are trying to knock up the infection that is in their nose. And when they do that, you, you also see that some of the other sheep will start moving away. Nobody wants to be hit. They are not hitting them because they are fighting. They are hitting them because they have a lot of discomfort they need to get off. And so they start to hit other sheep just to get them off. And so you are here this morning. You are going through your season where you are having issues. And you are hitting some other person with your issues and they are running away. Not because we feel like, but because we cannot help. And sometimes some people ask you, how far have you gotten the job after three years? And you say no. And then you hear responses like, hey, yeah, sometimes that hey, yeah, is not really a hey, yeah, of pity. There are sometimes enemies or frenemies that are happy that we are where we are. And so David saw that in the life of the sheep and in the life of people. That when I go through issues, some people run away. When I go through issues, some people cannot help me. So how does the shepherd help the sheep? In the evening when the shepherd comes and he identifies the sheep that are having the infection, what he does, he walks into the sheepfold and he carries that sheep that is having infection and he places him on a table. That is what David was referring that you prepare a table. So those that were running away from him, he, the shepherd now prepares a table. On the shepherd's back, there is a small bottle of oil. That oil is a healing balm. That oil is an anointing oil that is expected to heal. Now, hold on. Now, if the shepherd, if the sheep is within the flock, when he goes out where he doesn't see other sheep, it's always so discomforting that if he sees a rock, he hits the head on the rock just to become comfortable. And when he does that, he begins to bleed. Because he's just trying to find comfort. Many a times, like me, you have tried to find solution to your problem, but the best you are having is you are bleeding the more. You are becoming restless. You are having blood pressure. You are having, you're becoming desperate, and you are bleeding all the way. So when the shepherd carries the sheep and places him on the shepherd's table, he brings out that oil, and then he begins to anoint that sheep with that oil so that he heals the wound. He heals the wound that he has suffered. So the sheep becomes separate from other people. And so when you see God separate some people and begin to put more attention, it's because he's preparing the table before him in the presence of the enemies. And so we are privileged among all that in the last two Sundays, what God has been busy doing is anointing our wound that made us not see. is anointing our ears that made us not hear. And giving us a new heart so that we can be responsive to the shepherd. 
So the Bible says he anoints my head with oil. Everything that sheep had lost before then, the shepherd begins to restore. That is why the scripture says in Joel chapter 2 verse 25, I know you have been suffering. I know you have gone through a lot. But for every year that the canker worm have eaten, the Lord is going to compensate. I know what you are going through. Everything that the crawling locusts have consumed, he's saying I am Jehovah Sakar, the God that compensates. Amen. And and our prayer is as we begin to continue to worship in the presence of the Lord, the Lord God will compensate us in the name of Jesus. First Peter 5 verse 10 summarizes it. It says, may the God of grace who has called us to eternal glory, he knows you have suffered a little. I am bleeding inside me. The makeups are covering it so well. But the fact that I'm here doesn't mean I'm not bleeding. He said, after you have suffered a while, when he identifies you, the Lord God will do what? He will perfect you. That's your testimony in the name of Jesus. He says, the Lord God will establish you. That's your testimony. He says, he will settle you and that's his testimony. And finally, he will also strengthen you. That shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. Verse 6, as we round, wrap this up. Verse 6 talks about assurance and hope. Turn to somebody and say, assurance and hope. Now, not the other assurance that that guy is giving, amen? This is God's assurance. Now, let's read verse 6 as we bring this to a close. What does verse 6 say? Let's read together. Surely... Amen. Now let's go to John chapter 10 verse 1 to 2. You understand this better in the eyes of the shepherd. Now Jesus was speaking, said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs by the other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Verse 2. But he who enters by the door is a what? The shepherd of the sheep. Now I'm going to explain what the shepherd does. When it is night time, the shepherd will keep the sheep in a sheepfold. If you do not have a sheepfold, it was natural that you can keep your sheep in a sheepfold that belongs to other tribes. So a sheepfold can have sheep that belongs to three shepherds, four shepherds, and all the rest. And because sheep are one of those animals that can recognize voices, like dogs, they can. And that is why Jesus said, I know my sheep and my sheep knows me. They know my voice and the voice of another will they know what? Will they not follow? It was natural because you do not have experience with shepherds. That's why you do not understand what it means. What it means is when it's time to take my sheep, all the shepherd does, they don't go into the sheepfold. Every shepherd stands at the door of the gate and they call their sheep and their sheep comes out to meet him. Another sheep will not come. If he really the shepherd, another sheep, even if there are a thousand sheep in that fold and yours is hundred, when you stand and you call, only the hundred will come. That's how beautiful it is. And so when it is night time, what the shepherd does, the shepherd doesn't sleep in his house. He sleeps at the door of the sheepfold. That's where he sleeps. If he cannot, he hires someone that will sleep at the door because at night, thieves usually come then to steal 
the sheep. It was high. It was high quality. That's about all they had. So Jesus was saying that my sheep knows me, and he that does not come through the door is what is a thief. So when David was writing, he said in that verse six. He said, surely I know that goodness and mercy shall do what? Follow me all the days of what? My life. And I will dwell where? What he was saying, if I am in the sheepfold, whether by night, and the shepherd is by the door, then I have assurance that no harm will befall me. There is assurance and hope that as long as I'm in the presence and in the covering of the shepherd, that I am safe. Now, you will not understand that except you go to the scriptures in Isaiah, in Psalms number 91. When it now explains what it means to be in that presence of the Lord. And then he says that he that dwells in the presence, in the secret place of the Most High, shall what? Shall abide under the what? The shadow of his wings. Verse 2 then says, if you let God lead you and you abide in his presence, you will say of the Lord, the Lord is my refuge and he is my friend fortress my God in whom I will trust then you were able to say though a thousand shall fall by my right and ten thousand by my left as long as I'm in the sheepfold I have assurance and hope that all will be what will be well praise the name of the Lord in Psalms 91 verse 9 that I've read in the last place he said because you have made the Lord your refuge and the most high your dwelling place, that is where we find safety. So when David was writing Psalm 23, he was writing it in the eyes of the shepherd. If you understand all this, the next time you are reading it, you will know that if God will lead you, he's responsible for your protection. If God will lead you, he's responsible for your provision. If God will lead you, you will have assurance and hope in his presence. I'll run through this one more time as we close. And then you will see how God represents himself in every line of those words. What we just did was to summarize, but God is in every line of Psalm 23. Remember he said, if you let me lead you, I will appear as what? Jehovah. And we said Jehovah means God showing up in that very issue that you need. Let me run through it one more time. The very first line says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What he's saying, I want to be to you this year, Jehovah Rohi. If I lead you, you will know that I am the Lord, your shepherd. I want us to read together that last verse. If we make the Lord a Jehovah Rohi, he will do what? He will be what? The Lord, my shepherd. Verse 2, the next line. He says, you shall not want. He says, if you let me lead you, there will be times where you require one thing or the other. But I will appear to you as Jehovah Jireh because I will provide everything you need. And I will be the Lord that does what? That provides. The next line, he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. There is no need God blessing you with a blessing that maketh rich but adds sorrow. But he says, I will bless you with a blessing that maketh rich and adds no sorrow. You will experience peace like never before. Because I will be to you Jehovah what? Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. He went ahead and said, he restores my soul. You may go through the long path and get tired. But he says, I'm going to restore everything 
everything that you have lost. And he says, I will heal you along the way. Why? Because I'll be to you, Jehovah what? Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that what? The Lord that heals. He says, I will lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He has a name to protect. He has a name to protect. And that is why he will lead us by his own path. Because he will appear to us as Jehovah what? Jehovah seeking oh, the Lord what? My righteousness. He went ahead and said, ye though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is always present with me. God is saying, if you let me lead you, I'll be to you Jehovah what? Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is what? Always present. He says, I know you may have lost a lot of things along the way, but I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of what? Of your enemies. Whatsoever you have lost, if you only make Jehovah our Rohi, he says, I will be to you Jehovah what? Jehovah Sakar, the Lord that what? That compensates. He went ahead and said, I will anoint your head with oil. I will clean the bruise off. I will clean the blood off. Everything that you may have gone through, I will anoint it away. Because I will be to you, Jehovah what? Mkadesh, the Lord that what? Sanctified. And if you dwell long enough in my presence, you will see me as Jehovah Elion. Because the anointing and the ark of the Lord is present here, I will be Jehovah Elion, the Lord most high. This morning, this is the word of the Lord. If you make the Lord your shepherd, he will be everything that you need. Celebrate the Lord for his word. The name of the Lord be praised. So you may be asking the question, if God leads me, what happens to my finances? He's saying, I have the obligation to settle that. If the Lord leads me, what happened to the years that I've lost? He says, I have obligation to settle that. I don't know what it is that you want, but the Bible says, the Lord shall be my shepherd and I shall not want. Whatever it is that you want, I want you to commit to the, to the Lord in prayer this morning. You just have three minutes, two minutes to pray and say to the Lord, I'm leaving everything to you. I'm surrendering everything to you. Be my Jehovah Rohi. I may not have understood you this way before now, but my ears are open to understand that of a truth, if you lead me, I shall want nothing at all. Why don't you begin to pray and commit everything that you need? It may be in your business. The Lord is saying, I will always be present. I don't know how much you have been bruised and how much you are in pain, but God is saying, I'm ready to sanctify and to clean you and dust you off afresh because I am Jehovah that cleanses, that Jehovah that sanctifies. Just begin to pray and begin to commit it to the Lord and say to the Lord, I surrender everything to you this morning. Be the lead that I want. I do not know the way that I should go, but because you are the Lord that leadeth me in the path of righteousness, all for your name's sake, why don't you begin to commit it to the Lord and say, Lord, lead me. I can see clearer, I can hear clearer. I understand better what it means to be my shepherd. And because if you are my shepherd, you are my everything. Thank the Lord this morning. Just begin to bring your prayer to a close. The Lord is here and he's here and he's here. And thank you, Jehovah. We say your name be glorified, King of Kings. Your name be glorified, Lord of Lords. For of a truth, if we let you lead us, of a truth, you have come to remind us you'll be our everything. 
and we pray this morning to everyone who are releasing themselves. Lord, you pray that you shall be everything to them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we shall experience you as everything like never before in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word that have come. We say your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. If you've been blessed, why don't you celebrate God for his word? Is your shepherd. Turn to two people alone. Your Lord is your shepherd. Just prophesy to their life, the Lord is your shepherd. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen.